you to turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4 to start with, please. Okay, um, uh, I work with, uh, with mental health issues. I'm a counsellor and, uh, and I work predominantly with children. And uh, I guess there are a lot of things that we see uh, that we deal with on a daily basis and throughout the year and often parents will ask us uh, practical advice on how to work with whatever situations they're going through and, uh, and there are, are uh, things that, uh, that we can do to make a difference uh, in our lives and our family and our children's lives. And uh, so what I wanted to do today is just uh, uh, run through, through some things that we would commonly say to parents, but also to children as well, when it comes to technology. Um, because uh, the, the way our brains work is, uh, has, put up your hand if you've heard of the neuroplasticity of the brain. Good. I'm talking to an educated crowd, so that's great. The neuroplasticity of the brain is, uh, means that the brain is constantly changing and moving uh, and uh, according to the environment in which we live in. So everything that goes through the ears, what you hear today, will make a change in your brain right now while you're sitting here listening to it. There'll be cogs turning and things happening in technical terms, which I won't talk about. Uh, there are chemicals that are released as you uh, uh, experience different things. There, uh, uh, they can, there can be genes that are switched on and off by what we take into our brain as well. Uh, we've mentioned before that uh, uh, under extreme uh, or prolonged stress, there are over 1,400 different chemical and physical bodily reactions that happen in our body. So it's not just I'm feeling down, there are literally chemical and physical reactions happening there. So what goes in through our eyes will affect us. What goes in through our ears will affect us. The conversations we have will affect us. What we do with our bodies, our experiences, our feelings will affect us. Uh, and uh, so if we understand that and know what we're working with, then sometimes it's good to have some really good practical advice. Well, how can I work with this? I just want to read a scripture here um, because I explain briefly a little bit, very, very, very simply, uh, neuroplasticity of the brain. But, you know, God created us. And when he writes scriptures like the ones we're going to read now, he is actually feeding into what he's already created and giving advice accordingly. And so in verse 20 of chapter 4, it says, My son, attend to my words. Listen to what I've got to say and my words, because he knows that words will have an effect. Incline thine ear, because when anything that goes through the ear is going to make changes in your brain. Let them not depart from thine eyes, because what goes in through the eyes is going to change, make chemical and physical changes in your brain. Keep them in the midst of your heart, in your heart here. 
Now, what happens with, with anything that goes in through the eyes and the ears and the feelings and the experiences in our body goes into our brain, it uh, ends up in the short-term memory, it gets a little bit of input from the amygdala, which is the emotional centre of the brain, so it attaches emotion to uh, what we're thinking and uh, experiencing. Then it sends a signal to the prefrontal cortex, which has positive and negative input into it. Then it sends a signal to the heart, in the heart, the brain basically is made up of about uh, 100 billion neurons or brain cells at birth. Uh, at puberty, the, the, body, the brain kills off about four, uh, 20 billion neurons and the ones that are left, it actually starts to rewire and rework. So your teenagers are under construction. That's why you, they're a bit up and down and a little bit off-centre. Um, so... <coughs> So this is what is going on in the brain. And uh, so it is important uh, to understand as well what a lot of people don't know, that in the heart, there's about 40,000 neurons, about 40,000 brain cells in your heart. Now, for something to be stored in your long-term memory and become part of you, it sends a signal to your heart, your heart registers that, and it sends a, uh, a chemical back called ATP, which actually stores it in your brain. And then it becomes part. It, it gives the go-ahead. It's like the CEO of the company that gives direction to the policy where we're going to go forward. Now, this is really interesting because the Bible talks about guard your heart, look after it, for out of it are the issues of life. Look after your heart. And so in practical terms, what that means is look after what you look at, what you listen to, what you experience, uh, the conversations we have with one another, what we have in our life. And technology is, is something that uh, utilises all, all those parts of us. So I'm not down on technology. Technology is great and all the rest of the wonderful things that we know about technology. You can look at Facebook and get witness to and see an amazing testimony as we heard uh, in the camp. So it's not bad. It's just that uh, Brower and I deal with all the negative horror stories associated with te technology. So what I want to do is not be down on everything but just give some good practical advice. Our homes are a sanctuary and uh, our sanctuary is a place where we can uh, grow our kids and we can encourage them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We can excite them about the things of the Lord as we heard with Beth uh, in her testimony about being brought up in a spirit-filled family and uh, how wonderful that is. And then we, uh, now we invite technology in and it's like inviting the whole world into our homes and with that technology comes incredible responsibility. Responsibility for the children and for the parents and, uh, and therefore parenting has to actually adapt to include the responsibility associated with technology because uh, the downside of that uh, can be horrific for children and families and uh, because of, of the work that we do, uh, we uh, are constantly hearing the latest studies and the latest statistics on the, uh, the real-life effect uh, of uh, adverse effect where technology 
without boundaries and without responsibility can go wrong. And so, uh, okay, let's go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse uh, 29. So there's a, a bit of practical advice. Um, and these, the latest studies that uh, we've seen just recently in the last few months and the recommendations, the recommendations used to be no screens for under three. They've actually changed that now to no screens for under five um, because of the effect that it has on the brain development. The brain develops in children in sequences and uh, it ha all has to happen in the right sequence and what they're discovering is that technology is actually interfering with the sequence of developing. So uh, the recommendation, the current recommendation, and this could change as more studies are completed throughout the world, um, uh, it is at the moment, it's no screens under five. And uh, because of the, uh, the detrimental effects it can have uh, on children. So keep that in mind and do what you like with it. We're all adults. And, uh, and children, but it's really important for us to take on the information so that we can make informed choices, okay? Ultimately, the choice is ours, but it's important to have enough information to make informed choices. Um, the other recommendation, which is really important, uh, uh, just watched a PD on um, cyber safety. No, and across the board, across the world, the recommendation is no technology in bedrooms. Bedrooms are for sleeping and dressing, no technology in bedrooms. Uh, the, uh, the fallout from that in all ages, uh, the, we're seeing an increasing amount of kids with sleep problems. Uh, there's also the, uh, the, act of, uh, the uh, accountability of having things open and out, out in the open where everyone can see what's going on as well. Uh, we, have, we hear the horror stories of what the parents don't realise is going on behind closed doors. Children, uh, children. the Bible says foolishness is bound up in, in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it from him. And, uh, and kids are kids. They're not adults. They've got their L plates on. They're learning to be adults, especially teenagers. In, uh, we don't give a, a kid a, a car and a driver's licence and say, go out in the road and, and take your chances. We uh, give them 12 months and 75 hours of driving where they've got a licensed driver sitting there in the car pointing out all the things that they don't see. And uh, with life, it's very much the same uh, where the licensed driver, the adult, has to point out the dangers and has to steer in the right direction. Certainly, as the child's getting older, they get more and more control. They've got the steering wheel and the brakes and the gears and uh, all the devices in the car, but the licensed driver is sitting there and pointing out the things that they may not have seen, like that idiot coming up behind us who's going to pull across in front, watch out for him. We see those things, we point them out, and uh, that's our, our role. We're very fortunate in the Assembly we have thousands and thousands of uh, licensed drivers, and that's called the fellowship, where we can exhort and encourage and, uh, each other and help the ones that have got their L plates on to uh, get a, a good understanding of things. So uh, uh, put a filter on your computer. Every 
house should have a filter. The one I recommend to everybody is family zone because it's the one that the cyber safety people recommend is the most uh, uh, trusted and reliable. Uh, the uh, family zone is a, a filter that will, uh, basically it's controlled by an app on your phone, so you can switch on and off devices as you choose. So that means it puts the power back in you with things like screen times, when, uh, when you, your kid's been on his device and you say, okay, your, your 20 minutes is up, and they go, oh, I've just got to finish this mission, I'm, I've just got to finish this thing that I'm on, then you can just flick it off. And go, oh, it wasn't me, it was family zone. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> Sorry about that. So what it does is basically puts the power back into you, your hands because most parents underestimate the amount of time their kids on devices and, uh, and um, uh, children generally will push it and get as much as they possibly can. And part of responsibility with technology is having uh, control over time and setting uh, acceptable time limits. Now, that, that's so Family Zone, if you're jotting down and taking notes, will actually give you that. It costs about $99 and about $6 a month. Uh, plugs into your modem. It, uh, then the, one of the, the really good things about that is that uh, inappropriate content online is an epidemic and uh, most kids uh, inadvertently are, are exposed to it. They don't go looking for it necessarily, but it will find them. Uh, Family Zone will actually block out inappropriate content and if they inadvertently make a keystroke error and search up something that's inappropriate, it will send you a message and tell you what's happened. The good thing about that is it opens a door for you to be able to have a conversation with your uh, eight-year-old or ten-year-old about, uh, about inappropriate content and responsibility coming with uh, what you're using online. And uh, the really important thing for uh, anyone with a is to have the adult input into their life, anyone growing up in this world. So uh, Family Zone can help with uh, getting rid of the uh, inappropriate content, setting time limits and switching off at appropriate hours as well. And that's really important uh, for safety and security as well. Um, uh, that is uh, uh, really important. Uh, there's a direct... Uh, a correlation to the amount of time somebody is online, or especially with kids, the amount of time they're online and mental health issues. A direct correlation. The, uh, a recent study showed a 150% increase in suicidal ideation and self-harm amongst 10 to 14-year-old girls, and it was, there was a direct correlation to the amount of time that those girls spent on social media. So uh, social media um, is, uh, can be good and it can have uh, upsides and it can be great, uh, but it also can have really negative effects on mental health, self-esteem. Briar predominantly deals with, uh, oh, she doesn't predominantly out of choice, but a lot of her work is with eating disorders and we're finding, especially in girls younger and younger and some guys, uh, eating disorders, and, and usually it's a direct correlation to the amount of time they spend online. And, 
and the Butterfly Foundation, which is the Australian organisation that deals with eating disorders, have had a 50% increase in the last 12 months of issues that they're dealing with. So all of these are really serious problems. That's that end of the scale. You're probably up towards this end, but we don't want you to get down that end. We want you to kind of keep up here and keep safe. So, uh, uh, so having balance in life is really important that uh, screen time is regulated, that there are times uh, for uh, what we say to kids, it's important to have healthy exercise, healthy sleep, healthy eating, healthy fellowship and healthy interaction, healthy relationships with real people that you're face to face with, that you actually know and get to talk. Because as you're doing that, you're actually learning social skills, you're learning how to read people, you're learning how to give to other people as well. And, interact and you actually form values within yourself that help to guide you on what's right and wrong as well. Um, it's very easy when you're an avatar or an anonymous person online to switch and become the evil version of yourself and become uh, a person who is like this make-believe person and when I'm this person I can do and say and be whatever I want and that's not conducive with being in the Lord. And so that's going to attack your, your walk in the Lord. We see that with kids all the time. Uh, for parents, lead by example. It's the best advice that I can give you is a lead by example. It's pretty hard to tell your kids to get off the phone if you're on it all the time. Uh, and uh, that in my adult practice uh, in uh, marriage counselling, there's a lot of um, marriages where the use of devices has been contributed to the breakdown of the marriage. It can be somebody who spends all their time, more time on Instagram than with their wife. And the message that that sends is, this is more important than you. And sometimes people can handle that for a little bit, but eventually it takes its toll. And then the, uh, the relationship fractures because of this pseudo relationship that doesn't really exist anyway. It's an illusion. Okay. Um, so devices are, oh, with, with dealing with kids, it's really important to, for parents to understand that having devices is a privilege, not a right. This is really important. It's a privilege, not a right. And therefore, screen time, the devices that they have, the way they use them, has got to be geared to respect, respectful behaviour to them, to their siblings, to other people, and their involvement in life, not to the exclusion of life. So uh, that is really important. It's a, a privilege, not a right. Because um, kids will always tell you that everyone else has got it and everybody else has, and they're missing out because and therefore it's their right to have whatever the device happens to be or whatever screen times they have. They're allowed to be up until 11 o'clock at night um, on their devices. I talk to the parents and the parents say, no, they're not. Sometimes it's because the kid's actually gone and got the device off the charger and brought it into their bedroom after the parents have gone to bed, which isn't uncommon. But uh, it's uh, other times it's just because the kids want to say those things as well to make it feel like they're the cool people. So, uh, uh, 
This is one I heard about the other day. Have a technology fast one day a week. Okay? A technology fast, no technology, one day a week. And uh, you can still have your phones, but you use that for, for this thing that we do with phones. We make phone calls. And that's what they used to do in the olden days anyway. They, uh, they made phone calls with phones. So a technology fast means no uh, apps, no, uh, uh, no technology for pastime or whatever one day a week. Just have a technology fast. It actually has been referred to as a dopamine fast. Okay? Or a dopamine detox one day a week. A dopamine detox because everything that we do on, online is designed by psychologists or in association with psychologists and it is designed to keep you online as long as you possibly can and the way that it does that is by drip feeding dopamine to you. Okay? The recommendation for kids is it's good to be bored. Because all the studies are showing now that when a kid is bored, their brain starts to figure out things that they can do. And their imagination kicks in and they go, oh, I could make a treehouse, or I could build a fort, or I could uh, uh, knock over these blocks, or I could dig a garden or plant a garden or whatever. And uh, so a technology, uh, a dopamine detox will allow them to actually start thinking of things. Being bored is good. It is not bad. So when your child says to you, but I'm bored, I want to play, if you get on my iPad for half an hour, I'm so bored, everything's boring, then you can just give them a little bit of a dopamine detox and say, okay, let's think about some things that you can do with being bored. But anyway, I'll leave that up to you. I'm sure you've got a better imagination when it comes to that than me. So Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse... Oh, hang on, now we're in Corinthians and we haven't read anything. I just want to briefly read something from Corinthians, which is uh, Corinthians 7 and verse uh, uh, 29. says, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. We're living in the last days. The time is short. And so it says, so what do you do? Not fill it up with hours on uh, time wasters. But the time is short, he says, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth both that they that have wives be as though they have none. Now, I'm going to kind of change that a little bit and paraphrase and do something really naughty and say, those with Facebook be as though you have none. Those with Insta uh, be as though you've deleted the app. Uh, those with Snapchat be as though that it's not on your phone, okay? If it's interfering in your life, then get rid of it, okay? Or be as though, that didn't sound very good, that analogy, does it? So it kind of says if you're not happy with your wife, just get rid of her. But <laughs> sorry, I'll undo that one. So the, no, the analogy is, is don't let it encompass and control your life. Its job is there as a tool and use it as a tool, but you be the one in control. Don't let it be in control of you. Uh, uh, 
And they that weep as though they wept not, they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it. We, le- we use so many things in this world which are great. I love having air conditioning in a car because my first car never had it and I lived in Dubbo. So we use technology, it's great, and we love it, but those who use it don't abuse it or don't allow it to abuse you and your relationships with others and definitely your relationship with the Lord because it will try and take over and it will uh, affect you. So Philippians, just to finish up on, I just want to read one scripture in Philippians which... uh, is if you're ever wondering of a a measuring stick, and this is for all ages, for kids, when you're playing a video game, the measuring stick should be, does it fit this category? Can I say this about it? Whatever we look at and do online, if we're on Snapchat and we're getting a little bit uh, um, borderline, The measuring stick we come back to is, does it fit this guideline from the scriptures? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, verse 8 of chapter 4 of Philippians. uh, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, is this honest? Am I being truthful? Whatsoever things are just, Am I being just in the way that I'm using this or saying these things or interacting? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Don't just hear it, do it. And he said, and the, God, uh, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. 